Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us, as I do every time we get together here on the program on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Thank you for being with us. You do know that we have podcasts. We also have a video cast, so I hope that you will take advantage of those. We'll tell you more about that later on in the program, and also how you can participate and become a part of Tell Me your story, as well as uh, another item to have you participate in, the, the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s. Uh, today's guest is returning to our uh, studio, so to speak, or microphones, or video cast, Zoom room. Uh, Sherry Sterling Fernand is my guest. She is the author of Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite potential. And uh, Sherry, thank you so much for joining us again. It's uh, wonderful to have you with us. Thanks. Pleasure to be back and to chat with you again. You know, I tell you, you know, often people comment about how we come into this world and there's no manual. You know, there's we don't get a, an owner's manual when you come here. There will be others who say, oh, yes, we have one. And it is. And they'll list whatever the whatever the book is. Um and that's probably the most difficult part for us to to deal with, because every time, let's say, we buy a car or any any machinery or any other device, we get an owner's manual. And most of us, OK, most of us will pick it up and we might read through it uh, to figure out how this device works. Uh, but as I say, there really isn't anything for living this human life. And... To have mastery over one's life has got to be one heck of a challenge. So I'm curious as to how you have been able to, uh, in the process, of course, of creating this book, Life Mastery, um, how you've been able to say somehow codify and, and list with bullet points or whatever uh, the secret, if you will, or secrets, plural, uh, on on how to live this life, or some would say this is a game, how to play the game. I know it almost sounds arrogant. See, listen, I've got, I've got the answer right here. Um, there's two things I'd like to say. First of all, there is something to be said for finding our own answers. When I'm teaching, uh, coaching, or teaching a class, I'm teaching a class right now, a couple times, about four times a month, and some different things I'm doing. But I, if I can get whoever I'm teaching to discover the answer on their own by asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. It's always so, then they own it, right? If I tell them the answer, like, oh, that's Sherry's wise. <laughs> but if they find it themselves, they feel like they own it and they're more likely to implement it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, I'm kind of, it's a good thing we don't have a manual. So we'll find the truths in life if we seek them and then they'll be ours and we can operate on them. But still, you'll still have to read a lot of books and look a lot of places to find those answers. And my book is one of those places. Um, life mastery, it's, as all people ask me what it is, and it's, it's easier to explain what it isn't. It's that feeling, <laughs> that feeling of what's out of control. Like I don't have a handle on my health. I don't have a handle on my finances. I feel a little out of control and it leads to depression and anxiety and all this stuff. Because I, I feel that people say they're stuck and people really aren't stuck because either you're, we're living things where either we're growing or we're dying, right? We're either backsliding or we're moving forward. But life mastery is that feeling that we have not everything perfect, but we've got control in it and we're making progress. And that's really the key to happiness. That's really what it's all about. You know, we're moving towards that infinite potential that's ours. You can see here we're these beings who have this huge potential, a magnificent, infinite potential. And somewhere in our inner psyche, our soul or somewhere, we must be frustrated that we're doing so little when we have so much. So when we start implementing that potential it makes us happy you know that's interesting that you should put it that way because in in uh doing what i've been doing for over 40 years i have had to increase the size of my uh metaphorical toolbox increase it every year or so because i get new tools and I, I, I sit here now, 40 plus years into this uh, vocation of mine, this uh, love of mine, wondering, why am I not doing more? What? I've got all these <laughs> tools. And it's just like what you just said. And uh, it actually takes me to the first part of what I'd like to talk with, with you about. Now, your book is divided into three parts. 
Uh, part one is why, part two is what, part three is how. Well, I want to deal with part one because when I was going through a personal growth program many years ago, um, they, imp they, they, they pounded into us, give up the need to know why. Uh, they, and they would use a lot of different examples. Like, your mother just died. Why did my mother die? Why, 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 why? <laughs> and so what they say is, okay, if you knew the answer to why your mother died, how would that change things for you? Would it really change things for you? And I have a feeling that your your that part one of your book goes a lot deeper than that. But uh, I want to kind of start there. Uh, do we really need to give up the need to know why and why, if it's important, why? <laughs> why is it important? Yeah. yeah, I think there's two different kinds of things. Like there's some mysteries in the universe and they're just mysteries. Why, why do people die? Why do good people suffer? If there's a God in heaven. Why, do, why does he let bad things happen? Um, there's so many things like that. Why? I wonder often, why doesn't everybody grab hold of these truths and become all they can be when, well, the truth is most people won't. And that's just, we just have to accept things, right? They're mysteries of the mind, Jim Rohn said. But at the level that um, I talk about is much like Simon Sinek, start with why. Start with why when you're going to do personal development, you've got to have a good reason. Yes, it leads to happiness and that's enough reason, but you need a little bit more reason to get you through the daily habits, the mundane habits that get us where we want to go. I have my clients start, even though it's not the most important thing, and it's, this is in section one in the book too, but I have them start with a list of big dreams and the things you want to do, have, be. And there'll be things like run a marathon or climb Mount Fiji or learn Spanish or uh, learn how to play the piano. Or they'll just be big things that there and there's no limit. Like you can't say, well, I won't have the money ever to do this or I have nobody to do it with, so I can't do that. There's no bars to anything you can uh, I like to imitate John Goddard's list he, in on my own life. And he had go to the moon and he died before that happened. But that's how big we want to dream. Because if I get him dreaming big, then that's a compelling why to do the daily work to get there. Right. So it gets him in the habit of dreaming big. So your why is dr big dreams, who you want to be, how you want to serve, what you want to accomplish. That's your own personal why. And you have control over that one. I have no control over the universe. We have no idea what's really going on out there, but we can control our own why and our own destiny. When we are going through the process of um, working through and releasing the emotional attachments, if you will, if that's a good way to put it, to the traumas that we've experienced, uh, that is a huge aspect to the why, why I'm not more successful, why I don't have more this, that, or the other, uh, why I'm not happy, why I don't have the relationship I want. Because we're trapped in those emotions, those patterns, and until we start asking that question, um, we can't really deal with it. And sometimes it's really hard when we talk about going within and getting to know self. We need to get to know the light and the shadow side because that's what makes us who we are. But in that shadow side, that's where it's really challenging and in some cases very difficult for a lot of people because it's it, it hurts again. It hurt the first time when the trauma uh, <laughs> appeared. Yeah. But when you go back every time you go through it, <laughs> every time you go through it, it's it's right back to the same emotions. Uh, mm -hmm. So the, it, it, would you say that that is another area that we need to be asking that question? Why? So that we can maybe uh, as we use the analogy of a circle and the event, the trauma in the center of the circle, we move around the circle to get a different perspective, a different view um, that helps us to better understand what really happened. Uh, and it's not going, let's say it was, we were abused by someone. It's not, uh, uh, um, necessarily, uh, abdicating their responsibility for the abuse that they heaped upon me as it were. It's saying, okay, now I understand more what my role was, but even more so the other person. They were dealing with the same kinds of shadow issues and traumas in their life, and they just brought it to me, and I'm dealing with it. Uh, again, yeah. it doesn't erase the event. The history is the history. But the perspective, is, is that a good way to look at it? 
Yeah, the way I would put it, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. I'm a pretty much like get, 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 just get on with it kind of a person. But mm-hmm. you can't stay back in that victimization. It doesn't it impede your progress. So to look at it and say, I refuse to be a victim to this. You're talking about there's other I have some accountability. I think that's what you're saying there. I have some accountability in what happened, even if it was not my it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. But I made choices, too even if they were perfectly innocent choices and I had no way of knowing, right. I still made choices that put me in that situation. Mm-hmm. I used a good example, I think, in the book about going to the grocery store and you get in, in, in an accident on the way. Well, it wasn't your fault that the accident happened. That person hit you. They ran a light, whatever it is. But you chose to go to the store. It's not guilt. It's just saying, I do have control. Because if you don't feel like you have control over the things that have happened to you, you don't mm-hmm. feel like you have control over the things that you want to have happen to you, right? Yeah. I, I feel very strongly about this. I had some trauma, some of the ones you've mentioned. I've had some things you would call trauma. I don't really see it that way, but people would n- normally call them traumas. And I feel like this. If I like myself, I have to like everything that ever happened to me because that's how I got to be who I am. And if I don't like myself, then I go to work. And there's no point in me dwelling on how I was victimized in the past. It just prevents progress. Mm-hmm. So... If you want to move forward, you've got to have to let go. Now, there's work to be done there, but that's called progress too, right? I uh, recently had a little epiphany. It's like, you know, they talk about abandonment as a child. It's like, yeah, I always talk about my mom not being well-equipped to take care of us when my parents divorced, but my dad didn't show up. So he did abandon us, right? And that's a little epiphany. So there's still things to learn about your past, but not let them, and, and they can control you. I love a analogy by Wayne Dyer. He talks about life is like a motorboat. Mm. And we're driving, and maybe you've heard this one, like going along the lake or whatever it is. And everything that's happened to us is in the wake behind us. And the wake has no power to drive the boat. Except I would take it one step further and say, if you're looking at the wake, you're going to go around in circles. <laughs> All right. So if you're watching the wake, you're just going to continue to, to move in circles. But the wake has no power to drive the boat. Doesn't yeah. mean that we don't want to acknowledge that it's out back there. But right. It has no power. Right. Unless we give it to it. Yeah. And I think it's real important that we do acknowledge our history. Okay. This is, these are the things that happened and this is what's made me who I am. Uh, And I've often said on this program that guilt is, is a wasted time. Uh, It's wasted time and energy because what you are basically saying to the universe is I'd like to pull this particular loose thread out of the tapestry. But if you start pulling the threads of the tapestry, then it's not what it was. It's not that beautiful tapestry that it was, that it, that it was before you started pulling and everything begins to unravel. Well, uh, since we really, truly cannot do that, literally, um, what we want to do in one sense, and maybe this is another uh, metaphor or euphemism, uh, we want to try to either reweave that loose thread back into the tapestry or at least try to tie it off so it's no longer a loose thread. And that's kind of, kind of what you're talking about in a manner of speaking, isn't it? I like the tying it off thing. Let's yeah. tie it off and move on. And it's not that we're denying it or ignoring mm-hmm. it. It's just we don't want to give it any power. And our brains do an interesting thing. The, every time I, uh, Joe Dispenza talks about this, and I thought it was so so well put the way he put it. I won't put it as well. But every time we go through our story, what we we deepen the we deepen the emotional response to it or the the trauma, in other words. So every time I tell everybody, I was. I was um, abused. Okay. So if every time I tell somebody that, which I really don't tell it very often, every time I tell somebody that, if I tell it with feeling and trying to get compassion and all that kind of stuff, it actually makes it harder to get over it. Like really changes your brain. I'm not explaining it very well, but you know what, when you say something, or you know, somebody's what I call looping, they're going over and over and over again, the same thing. And every time they go over it, it's a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying we bury it either, but we take a look at it, take it out, take a look at it. Hmm. Interesting. What did I learn? Okay. That's interesting. What can I do about it? Okay. Let's go to work rather than dwell on, on, yeah. on past experiences. We're talking with Sherry Sterling Fernand. She's the author of Life Mastery. And we're talking about your infinite potential as we discuss here on Tell Me Your Story. We're providing you with choices and knowledge of those choices. And through Life Mastery with Sherry Sterling Fernand, we are hopefully giving that to you. LifeMasteryInfo.com is the website. We hope that you will go to that website and find out more about not only Shirley, but also 
Sherry, Sherry, who's Shirley? Uh, twin sister, maybe. Uh, Sherry uh, Sterling. Um, uh, y- you know, she's she's there. She's got the book. She's got a lot of other uh, uh, interesting and informative and helpful uh, aspects. You do, um, obviously, under the present circumstances, uh, you do remote uh, counseling or coaching and things of this nature? We're set up to do that. I don't do very much of that. I will take people um remotely as coaching, but I have enough people locally and I prefer to meet in person. So I really, I know it's the, it's the old fashioned way, but I like to see be face to face. Yeah, I saw that option. Uh, I will do people, do people on zoom if they're the right person. And then we have other coaches that also coach these principals and they'll, they do remote uh, pretty much exclusively. So um, it's available both ways. I do like, I, I don't have to do this, right? It's just what I do because it's just who I am. Yeah. So I like to do the things that are fun. I do like, I did a workshop um, in 2020 early, about February. And then we'd scheduled a second workshop, you know, continuation set part two and then COVID hit. And so I did part two by zoom and I, it was fine. But I was like, you know what? No more workshops until I can show up in person. I didn't love it. And I thought, I don't have to do it if I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I am. But, but then if I, I really, some people I just really want to work with. And if I really want to work with them and it's the only way, then I'll do Zoom. Um, yeah. Coaching. And, and <clears throat> it is also said, too, that, uh, you know, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will, will come. And mm-hmm. so uh, if an individual is, is certainly interested, and I think the converse works too, when this teacher is ready, the student will come and the people who need to be there with you in person or need, need some support via Zoom or whatever the modality is, uh, then the connection is made. I mean, it, it, it's, the, the synchronicity of the universe is, is most extraordinary uh, in my opinion. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing, the things that, when we start to when we start to change and transform ourselves, I, I like using the word transform. One of my guests once said, you need to stop using the word change because if you can change one way, then you can change back the other way. <laughs> but uh, no. I guess transforming, you, you can only go one way. I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Needless to say, I kind of liked the, the metaphor just the same. But as we start to do that and we start to change our life's patterns, stepping outside of our comfort zone sometimes, then the rest of the world starts to shift too. It's kind of like sliding tiles. You played that? You ever played that little game of sliding tiles, moving things around to, to make the picture uh, oh, appear? Yeah, it's, it's like a puzzle game. <clears throat> so as you move those tiles around or, again, as you as – you, uh, uh, make changes in your life, everything else starts to shift around you. And yeah. especially if you are, um, if you are trying to, to better yourself. And that, I think, maybe takes us into the how uh, of, the, of the book uh, Life Mastery in terms of how we do that. I mean, how in the world, I mean, certainly one of the first questions is, how in the world did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> And how can I get out? And how can I get out? Uh, but maybe even more importantly, if we have dreams, if we have those desires, those, those, those heartfelt things that we really want to do, like I, I want to sing, or in my case, I, I, I didn't really think that much about it. I've just been fortunate, I suppose. Uh, I've been one of those lucky ones in a manner of speaking. I've been doing what I love doing for over 40 years. As my father told me, he says, find a job you love to do because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Well, I've been doing this for a long time, and I still love doing it. Uh, so there's kind of like two hows there. How did I get where I am now, and how do I get where I truly want to be? I, uh, and I have some hows, and that was my biggest frustration. I want to go back and just address something that you said because I thought it's so, small, it's so wise. Sure. Uh, that about the the when the students are ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. I never advertise that I do mentoring or coaching. They just people just turn up, and the right people turn up. And I'm always I don't do a ton of it. I like to keep a, some lifestyle and a freedom. I travel a lot, but mm-hmm. I always like to have so many next number of clients at any given time. I'm always full, and I never advertise. They just show up. 
when I was writing Life Mastery, I thought, I've never written a book. I have no idea to do this. I'll just start. And I would just get to a place. Now, what will I do next? Now, what do I do with this book? Hmm. And just before I would get there, that person would turn up. And I think, okay, that was great. Now, what about this thing? And just about the time, just before I would need that, the next person would show up. And so it was so interesting that when you're on the right path, things show up. And I guess that will take me to how. So when I was trying, I'm this 25-year-old woman who two little kids, we were just Ken and I were just no education. We were just so poor and trying to survive and working ourselves silly morning till late at night, trying to just feed ourselves and our two little girls at that time we had two. Um, I wanted more out of life. I just wanted to see what else I could. I, I wanted to, I wanted everything. I mean, I just wanted all done out of life. I wanted to find out how to do that. Well, I start listening to the and reading the great thinkers and the motivators and they were great. I was so motivated and often they helped me see what I needed to do but they never told me how oh. <laughs> I was so frustrated. I mean, like, okay, I'm ready to go, but tell me, just give me a step, give me step one. And so that's what I do provide. I had to learn that myself. Mm. And that's what I provide in life mastery. Uh, I think that's unique about it in part three is how, and there's simple hows, uh, using it a way to track what gets measured gets managed, right? That's what Peter Drucker said. So it's a way to measure your daily habits. you just track them. It's a simple little chart, very, very basic, nothing complicated to learn, but here's a system. Okay. Well, what if it doesn't fit into that system? Well, here's another system. Some things don't. I want to be a better listener. Okay. Written daily affirmations as a daily habit. That will help me be a better listener. I am a good listener. I write that every day. So that's another tool. And then there's a third one in there as well. It's a little more, take a little more hard, a little more difficult to explain, but I've got three tools in there plus an assessment to get people started? Will it be the end all and be all of everything you'll need to do to make your dream? Probably not. There'll probably be some other things you'll need to do, but it'll get anybody started. Yeah. It's the how. And I'm very pleased that I was able to provide that. I would never have written the book without it because I was frustrated. There's a lot of people that can motivate you. I hope I'm motivating. But one thing I am for sure is I give you a how. We're talking with Sherry Sterling Fernand. She is the author of Life Mastery. LifeMasteryInfo.com is the website, which we will be linked to. This is actually, we can call this part two of our conversation because she's been on our program before, and I just felt it really important to have her back again. We may have her back on a regular basis to, to talk about some of these things and maybe uh, elucidate, expand upon some of the steps that one can take as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. This program is designed with new paradigms for a new world in mind. We're trying to give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. I have my copy of Life Mastery. Do you have yours? I hope so. Uh, we certainly hope that you will get a copy and uh, go to the website, as I mentioned earlier, and that is um, lifemasteryinfo.com. Now, the, the how, of course, is part three. So we've skipped over part two. Uh, and the part two, of course, is the what. And that maybe that goes to uh, a little bit to, uh, uh, you know, what do I do next? You know, what are the steps that I need to take? Maybe that's also part of the how. Let's talk a little bit about part two of, of the book in that regard uh, and expand upon uh, some of these uh, thoughts that you have uh, put into Life Mastery. Yes. So, you know, when I was doing all my own uh, reading and studying and trying to find those and those great, and they changed my life so much, the Zig Ziglar's and the Jim Rohn's mm. and Earl Nightingale's and all those guys, oh, yeah. uh, Hiram Smith, Wayne Dyer. And still today, there's a few, they just, they really affected my life, but they did. Uh, they were for the most part, not Wayne Dyer, not so much, but they were for the most part based. They, they, they would, of course, acknowledge that we need to be well-rounded, but they were basing their examples, their life, what they learned on their business career, their their money, money business kind of thing. For examples, that was what they were they had done well in. Well, so that didn't always fit for me because that wasn't really my realm. I mean, it was that part of it, but I also had all these other things going on. And I knew I wasn't good, it wasn't enough. And it's true. If you you can we go, talk about going after your dreams, and the first thing people think of usually is money or a business that they're trying to grow. Mm -hmm. But if you put all your energy into that and you lose anything, you lose your character, your integrity, or if you lose your relationships or you lose your health, or even if they just suffer, that's not going to be happy. And I'm about helping people be happy. So the only way you can really 
be happy and reach this infinite potential that we have is to do all the eight things in some sort of evenness, not balance exactly, because life is never perfectly balanced, but in some sort of even way. So I'm moving, I'm not a, a just a financial person, I'm a whole person, and I need to move forward as a whole person. So there's eight areas, and I, I in the book, I um, talk a little bit about each one and, and give people some ideas on what kind of goals, you have to set your own goals, but give them some ideas to get started. And so we talk with about physical, the physical self, everything I do, every success I want will require my body to be in this best shape it can so it can think and move and do effectively. And I don't feel, no one feels like they've got a mastery over their own life. If their health, their eating's out of control, or they're, they're not in good health or good condition. So that's important. And then spiritual, um, there's a, we all have to have a spiritual life of some sort and find our spiritual way relationships. And I'm going to read them off the back of the book. So I don't miss one uh, education work mm -hmm. our work i mean vocation i'm sorry our, is our work whichever whatever we do to be productive in a day so mm -hmm. uh, you and i probably don't consider what we do work <laughs> i no. don't but it's what i do my work is my my mentoring doing interviews with you trying to promote my book that that's my work my vocation and then lifestyle and character lifestyle is making sure we're enjoying life as we go and also preparing for a future life maybe a retirement life or a way of life that we'd like to have somewhere in the future. So lifestyle is a two-part thing. So eight areas in the assessment in part three, and it's, which is free on the website, by the way, uh, lifemasterinfo.com. There's an assessment and free downloads for the tracking sheets and different things. But there's an assessment. You can kind of balance, check how balanced your life is. And, and my clients are always kind of surprised. Sometimes where your passion is, is not necessarily where you're doing the work. Mm. Um, not getting uh, equal attention. Yeah, H hadn't even hadn't even thought about it that in that way that it might not be. I mean, I would think, well, boy, if I'm passionate about this, this is this is it. This is what I should be doing here, you know. Yeah. And the reality now, um, is that it just may just be your passion. Yeah, let me give you kind of an example of kind of how that works in in the coaching. Like, I'll have them draw. It, 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 you do the answer the questions, and there's a wheel graph. So they plot their answers on the wheel. Well, they'll have flat spots, right? Mm -hmm. and, and when I talk to them up front, and I'll, I'll talk to them first, usually before, and they'll tell me that they're really passionate about their family, their relationships, maybe, or uh, spiritually, they're, they think they're really strong in their spirituality or their relationships. It's usually one of those two things. Then they go and answer the questions. They're like, I got a real flat spot here because I'm not doing anything. I love my family, but I'm not spending time with them. I, I feel very spiritual because I have this great love of God or whatever it is, or I'm passionate about, but I'm not doing anything. I don't, you know, pray or meditate or do anything spiritual. And they're shot surprised about that because they feel so strongly about it. It's so important. But what happens if you're not working on it, you lose it, right? If you're not moving forward spiritually or in your relationships, you will lose them. So it's, a, it's that, if that, that uh, assessment's an important thing to do. You can't, don't know where you need to go until you know where you're at. Right. That is true. Um, and, and it kind of ties into the choices and knowledge of choices that we provide here to help people's dreams come true. And uh, it is said that we are where we are right now because of all the choices we've made in the past and that we will uh, uh, that all of the choices we will make from this point forward will determine where we will be in the future. And I love what one of my guests said that uh, uh, that is true. However, throw this on a, in on the mix. And he said that. <clears throat> The choices that you make today are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be. <laughs> and that's going to determine what choices you make as far as your view of what the future will be. Um, you know, you mentioned retirement earlier. The only retiring I plan to do is on my truck. Okay. Putting a new set of four new tires on the truck. Uh, I jokingly say that they're going to have to pull my cold, dead carcass off of the console because um, this is what I love doing. Now, I also love traveling. I love uh, my wife and I've been on a couple of camping trips with our travel trailer and our dog. And I love doing that. That's a lot of fun. But I love doing this as well. I love doing some production. I love uh, uh, doing audio books and producing those and, and singing and, and a few other things as well. Um, 
and and my father, who is 90 years old this year, he's been retired for as far as I can tell for probably uh, 25, uh, yeah, but probably 25 years. You know, he's doing well, doing going strong. He finds things to do. He likes working on the computer, and and I know he exercises by getting on his stationary bicycle at home and so forth. But I think that's something that each one of us has to de- decide. I know there are people who they can stop working and maybe not do anything. I've actually met a lot of retired people who are busier now than they were when they were working because yeah, they I'd get, be one of those. <laughs> yeah, um, but. You know, we, we all have to make those those choices, but I just find it interesting. Okay, what is my view of the future? And that ties into what I would like to talk to you about next, and that is beliefs. Uh, and we'll do that as I share with our listeners that you're listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are talking with Sherry Sterling Fernand, author of Life Mastery. And I, I actually like the subtitle because it's something that I talk about on occasion on this program, Personal Progression. Progression towards an infinite potential. And when we lose human lives, and, and so sadly, we have lost over 700,000 human beings, people that other people know through just this pandemic alone. Um, and I think about the lost potential from these people, what they would have contributed to our society and civilization. Some of them might even be like-minded like you and me. And they're not here anymore. Uh, whether we can tap into them, I don't know. But be that as it may, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. But one of the things that holds us back, as I mentioned earlier, is our beliefs. Greg Braden once said on this program when talking about his book, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the Healing Power of Belief, he said that one day we will no longer believe. We will just know. But we're not there yet. We're not quite there yet. How do our beliefs hold us back from this infinite potential? And how do we overcome those beliefs? Oh, that is such a good question. And probably maybe a, a whole, we could probably do a whole show on that. I talk a little in, in Life Mastery about fixed beliefs and how they stop us. I tell the story about how they, you know, that they, uh, adult elephants, they just, tie a rope around their back right leg and stake them to something and they don't go anywhere perfectly capable of breaking that rope any day of the week any moment they choose but when they were young they tie them with a chain where they couldn't break it and then they just don't believe they can go anywhere once they've got something wrapped around their back leg and so they stay right it's a fixed belief for the elephant and we have so many of those uh, ourselves and that's that takes some ability to recognize what we're thinking ourselves. I ask myself regularly, is that true? <laughs> I think that's a really tricky thing. I thought, I think this thing, I think, is that true? Is that really true? I think I, I think I tell the story in the book too about uh, flip-flops. When I was young, when we were young, you remember they called them thongs, right? Yeah. And I hated them, I, that little thing in my toes. I just hated that. I said, I can't wear them. I just couldn't even walk in. They were just terrible. And so the styles have come back and these, all these cute shoes but I'm like, I can't wear those and I can't wear those because I can't wear that thing between my toes. One day I said, what? That's not true. And I bought a pair and guess what? <laughs> I wear them just fine. There's so many of those. It's just a little thing, but we have so many of those fixed beliefs about ourselves, uh, fixed beliefs about the universe and the world. Um, those that will stop you will be ones that think that there's not enough in the world for everybody to have. There's enough. The world is full and despair and there's enough for everybody. Everybody can be wealthy. Everybody can be healthy. Everybody mm-hmm. can have the kind of knowledge you're talking about. A fixed belief that there isn't enough could stop you. But most of the beliefs I think will be that will get in our way is what we think of ourselves and being aware. And I find myself all the time learning new things about what's going on in my head, but being aware of what's going in our, in, on our minds and what's getting in our way is probably the best way I know of to get past a fixed belief and then do something and act on it. Of course. I'm all about action, you know. You can think things to death. You've got to go do something. Yeah. I know that uh, I, I'm as guilty as most of overthinking things uh, and also jumping the gun. Uh, now, <clears throat> we'll talk about another area here in just a moment, but jumping the gun is 
Uh, I, I made a, a, a life decision not long ago, <clears throat> and literally within the first 24 hours, I'm now down the road in my mind thinking, okay, I need to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Oh. And I'm sharing this with someone, and they said, oh, whoa, slow down. You're only into day one. All right, <laughs> you just wait a minute. Just don't, don't, don't be making a bunch of wholesale changes because you're only into day one of this change. It may change back, okay? And in this case, of course, it was a good thing. But nonetheless, and yet I still moved forward with some of those changes that I had been thinking about down the road. And, and they've been okay. It's not been a problem. But sometimes we tend to jump the gun. Uh, you know, we, we think, okay, I'm going to do this, and now I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And it's like, okay, let the dust settle for just a moment. Okay, so you can see <laughs> you can see what's out there, what's in front of you, um, because you've moved so quickly, you've kicked up a lot of dust. Uh, and sometimes it is important to wait uh, for a few moments. I, I remember when uh, the process of moving to Santa Barbara back in 2006. And the the writing on the wall was uh, in two in late 2005. And. I had no fear when we made the decision after losing both of our jobs, my wife and I, in 2006, early. Uh, I had no fear. I don't know why. I just didn't. And we made the decision to come to Santa Barbara for a week and look around and see what we could find because this is her hometown. And we went back to Phoenix, put the house on the market. Within three months, it was sold. And we drove out here, and we've been here ever since. And again, it was one of those situations where when you're at the edge of a cliff, everything that has, uh, I have learned over the years is you jump and you trust. But you got to jump first. But with that yeah. trust that the universe has got you covered. It's not going to leave you hanging, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, and... Um, so it's it, there have been moments when I have had to go back to that that period of time and remind myself, do you see this monumental change you made in your life? You survived. You're still alive today. So here you are with a much less monumental change that you see coming. You need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so familiar. That sounds like so like me trying trying to. I'll need to do this, 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 this to get make to get to this place, and I feel like it, it creates a lot of anxiety, doesn't it? Yeah. The, interestingly, it's the writing of life mastery and this process that is helping me to maybe overcome that a little bit because it's easy to say I still need to get out and do this, and I've got to go do this, and and then over here I should be doing, you know, and I have a I have a friend who has coached me a little bit in the past, and he's like, we got to get you on the this circuit, and got to get you on this thing, and I'm like, you know what? Right now I'm doing interviews and I'm recording the book. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. I'm getting the book recorded and on audible. And then I'll look at the, and then there's other whole another set of podcasts and things going on out there um, that I can probably tap into. Then maybe I'll do that. And I, I'm, I'll push the speaking part a little bit more after that. Just doing, there's no sense in stressing right now about what I can't do until a few months down the road. So it's been a nice process for me. To not, to just say, it's okay, I'll get there. It's okay. I want everything right now, usually, right? I want it. I want it all. I want it right now. And so I'm I'm like, it's, it's coming. And there's no sense I can make it come any faster by stressing. Let's just do this. And then we'll mm -hmm. see what the next step is in the next step. So I am learning. Uh, I'm still trying to get mastery on a few things myself, but I'm learning still. Yeah. Lord, I want patience and I want it right yeah, now. I want it right now. Right? <laughs> that's, about, that's about how I've been. I have a tendency to want everything. I want it right. And I want it right now. Yeah. Sherry Sterling Fernan is my guest. Life Mastery is her book, and we hope that you will pick up a copy by going to lifemasteryinfo.com. Uh, we will be linked to your website, Sherry, so that people can uh, find out more about you and the work you're doing, get a copy of your book. I'm sure it's also available on Amazon through your website, and we hope people will go there as they continue listening to Tell Me Your Story. 
I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for uh, being with us here on the program, folks, uh, listening to the broadcast, the podcast, as well as watching the video cast, which is on YouTube, the Tell Me Your Story channel with Richard Dugan, as well as the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations and platforms on the Internet. So we hope that you will do just that. And, of course, listen to the programs on this fine station, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Sundays, 1 a.m. Mondays, 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. And if you're uh, so inclined and you'd like to help us out financially, we would greatly appreciate that. Any amount is uh, gratefully uh, uh, accepted and put to good use uh, to keep this program moving forward. Uh, And all you have to do is go to PayPal. And when you go to PayPal to send, put in my email address because that's what they're going to ask for, Richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. And also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, uh, where we ask you to go within to listen to that still, small voice and find that quiet, peaceful place where you can relax and re-energize, rejuvenate, recenter, however you want to put it, uh, to uh, get ready for the next phase in your life, whether it's the next five minutes or five hours or five days. Uh, I think that uh, it would behoove you. And it doesn't have to take long. One of my guests, uh, Sherry, said, uh, just start with 60 seconds, one minute, just just one minute. And and then if you can build on that as time goes by, uh, that would be a, a, a benefit to you. And to that end, Sherry, Sherry Sterling Fernand, um, what, how important is listening to that still small voice? Uh, listening and following the promptings, the, 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 the intuition, the divine self, the higher self, whatever you want to call it, in this process of getting in touch with and accessing and utilizing this infinite potential that we all have available to us. Oh, it's everything. You know, you talked about jumping off that cliff. Don't jump unless you, feel, <laughs> unless you have some intuition that you want to do that. You know, you can mm-hmm. get yourself in trouble. It's really everything. And when I stop and I let it let it settle, and I know that feeling. I learned it uh, a long, long as a child. That feeling when I know that it's right, and you just listen to that sense. We all have it. You call it the intuition or the still small voice or whatever it is out there. That power, whether it's within or without, we all have that. And if we can just follow that, I'm not going. It's not going to be there every time, but. Um, it's everything. It prevents you from fighting, fighting against your progress from taking the wrong roads. We'll take some wrong roads anyway, mm-hmm. but it'll it'll get us there still if we just listen to that that inner knowledge, that inner voice. And it's are everything they, for me? Yeah. And are they really wrong roads? Because I, I my my personal philosophy is that there's never any wasted time. Again, it's a matter of perspective. Granted. Uh, I did a lot of other things in between certain jobs in radio and broadcasting and, and so forth. And I used to think that, oh, my gosh, I'm wasting my time here. This has nothing to do with what I really want to do. And then when I got back into radio, those things that I learned, some of the things that I learned on that other job that had nothing to do with radio, so I thought, actually did. Yeah, I don't think there's there's there. I mean, there's probably... We're going to learn something from every experience. And there there are probably wrong roads that we do still need to take because sometimes you need to take a wrong road to be sure when you get on the right road, it's the right road. I, uh, it's that story about, there's just one of my uh, students told me a story about someone they knew had been, they'd been camping and they had, to, they, they had to go get help. I think it was a scout group. They had to go get help. And the road forked and they didn't remember it. And it was important that they get there and get there quick and get the vehicle to get the vehicle up to help the person who'd been injured or whatever it was. They took the wrong road. They really felt inspired they should take this road. And they right away, right away it was a dead end. So they went back to the other road. And when he was taking the right road, he realized that had he not taken the wrong road, it was a lot farther to the truck than they thought. Had they not taken the wrong road first, they would have turned around and come back and wasted valuable time. And so sometimes taking the wrong road can we can learn some things, mm-hmm. but sometimes we just learn it's the wrong road and that the other road was the right one after all. Ah. So, and, and you know, I said this earlier, but if you like yourself, you have to like every experience that you've had, everything that's happened to you. 
And if you don't, you go to work. Well, sometimes we took some wrong roads along the way, but we don't beat ourselves up. We learn what we can learn. My, uh, I'm well known for my wisdom, you know? And when people say that, uh, Sherry, she's wise, ask her. I, I think, I don't say this very often. Sometimes I say it, but I'm wise because I made so many mistakes. <laughs> And I learned from them. I made all those mistakes. You know, I'm not going to go into those part, that part. But sure, sure. I made a lot of mistakes. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty smart now. I went down a lot of wrong roads. When you're talking about these roads, it, it, it brings to mind the uh, analogy that I use of uh, choices. And uh, I first of all, we all have choices. I don't care what your situation is. You have a choice. You know, you'll hear this often in movies and television programs uh, where they're having this conversation. Also, well, I didn't have any choice. Uh, wrong. You did. You had more choices than you can shake a stick at, but you didn't spend the time to think about what the other choices might have been that would have taken you down another road. However, that's not what they wrote in the script. Ergo, anyway. Uh, but the analogy that I use has to do with uh, uh, a fork in the road. Now, there's this village, and people will walk from the village, uh, the small community, to the town square where, you know, they can get everything that they need. But the problem is, is that there's always this fog, and you can't even see hardly in front of you. So what they've done is they've learned how to follow that white line on the shoulder of the road until they get to this particular sign or what have you. And, okay, we're there now, and the fog is no longer there. One day, this guy's walking along the road and the fog lifts and he looks up and he sees a fork in the road. He's never, he didn't even know that it existed. And now he actually has a choice. Do I continue to follow the white line on the shoulder of the road like I've always done? It's safe. It's comfortable. I know it. Or do I become adventurous and I check out this fork in the road? And that's kind of where a lot of people are these days, aren't they? They don't even know that they have these other choices, whether due to a lack of education, formal or otherwise, due to the lack of tapping into maybe that still small voice, that, that, that intuition that has always been there, and they just haven't listened to it. And that's one of the values of mentoring too, isn't it? If you have a good mentor, somebody can help you see that you have other choices. And we always have at the very minimum, we have the, the power to choose our own feelings, our own actions. Even if every other thing was taken away from us, we have a choice on how we process mm -hmm. any given event. But yeah, you can't, that's so inherent in us. You can't take away the choice. There's always choices. There's always other options. And that fixed belief will maybe stop us maybe uh, we just, like you said, there's a fog and we need somebody to help us see through the fog. But yes, there's always another way, another choice. We're not, we're not destined to be in the place that we're at for forever or down in some lowly place. We can, we have the power to choose and, and to fight our way out. And there is a certain element of, shall we call it, I guess they call it the butterfly effect, uh, where each time you make a choice, and, and you follow through on that choice, you have not only changed your world, you've changed the world. And I'm going back to that whole sliding tiles analogy where you have moved, the rest of the universe is in constant motion too. And it kind of goes to what I learned by going to intuitives. You know, I, I, need, I need a little... Um, uh, uh, confirmation of what I think I'm getting from my intuition. So I'll go to a, a medium, you know, and I'll say, hey, can you tell me blah, 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 blah. They're not going to tell me anything I don't already know. But it's more I'm just going there to get confirmation. I'm getting I'm trying to get some outside input to say, yeah, what you're feeling, what you're what you're aware of, what you're sensing. Yeah, you're right on. Go go for it. Uh, but you have to find someone, obviously, who is genuine in that respect. Um, but you've changed, and you've changed the people around you because you have changed. And, and that's one of the other things that I find so interesting, that one saying how you can't change people. You can't do it intentionally, but the fact is, when you change yourself, you do change the people around you. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. And people often ask if I have one, one big message and it is basically that you want, we look around and we see social unrest and social problems and political problems. And we see hunger and, and we see corruption and we see uh, divisiveness and in, in our own lives, we see, we have relationships that aren't maybe what we want them to be people that are not behaving the way we think that they should. The only power that we have, and, and I believe this so thoroughly heart and soul, I know this to be a truth. The only power we have to make the world different is to change ourselves. It's not just the road to life mastery makes us happy. It's the only way we can affect anything else in the world. And when we change, it creates a ripple effect and it ripples out to, to other people in ways that we can not even begin to comprehend. But if you want someone in your life to change, you change. You want the community to change, you change. You make yourself better and the changes you wish to see. Mahatma Gandhi said that uh, we must be the change we wish to see in the world. It's true. We have to be, we only have power over ourselves. So you can march in the streets and wave flags or whatever, but you'd be a lot better off putting that energy going home, looking in the mirror and saying, what can I do? How can I be the change I wish to see in the world? Yeah. I've, I've often wondered how effective uh, public protests really are. I mean, yeah, you get on the news and, and uh, we start striking up this conversation about the subject and so forth. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that per se, but I'm kind of along, uh, along the lines with you. And that is that uh, um, nothing's going to change unless I change me first. I mean, that's really and that's been proven over and over and over again. I, I love the I love these stories that come out. Uh, and of course, we saw a lot of these stories come out. Uh, over the last uh, three or four or five years in regards to uh, 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 men being inappropriately aggressive, if you will, or what have you, towards women. And some of these men would absolutely flat out deny it. And these were men of power and control and, uh, and money in, in a lot of cases. And, and, and the story goes on and on and on. But then there were those who said, hey, you know, yeah, I did that. That wasn't my intent, regardless of what my intent was. Yes, I acknowledge I did that. Okay, and I am very sorry. And guess what? The story goes away because he has taken all of the power out of it. Yeah. You know, he has no. taken responsibility, but he's taken the power out of it. And that kind of goes to what you were saying before. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know what happens when you have, uh, I don't think that never has a demonstration ever made a difference. Probably uh, maybe it did someplace somehow, but mostly what really happens at, at those, that it creates a lot of ten, uh, contention, drama, a lot of we're right, they're wrong that kind of thing. It's just, a, it's a negative energy. There's it's, it's this camaraderie. Oh, we're all together for this cause. Uh, but in the long run, it's divisive. It means we're all together here and they're all over there, right? There's not any, uh, it, it reduces the amount of give and take on two different sides, for example. And like you say, you keep the story going and keeps the story going and we don't get, get, resolved i think we saw that last summer just let it go let it go let it go do we need to make changes yes we change it ourselves and when we have power to change our own organizations we exercise it but stomping our feet and insisting things be different will never be useful it just it will never be useful I, get in I, and, my, my philosophy is get in and change it do something get involved or leave it alone yeah. and go about your business don't just stomp your feet and be mad and and watch the news and and be angry about it if you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, there, and I, I, again, I, I uh, some I, I, there's a biblical passage that I often quote having to do with uh, in the New Testament uh, that goes um, uh, resist not evil. Now that's not saying go ahead and dive into evil. That's not at all what it's saying. What it's saying, and I, I use this analogy: evil is uh, um, a brick wall. That's the metaphor. It's a giant brick wall. And you can try to go around it. You can try to go under or over it. Or you could try to go through it. But I say, based upon that passage, resist not evil. Turn your back and walk away from it. Guess what? You have taken that wall's power away from it. 
And now you are taking your energy and your power and you are going to put it into something that's constructive, that's going to maybe help to change things, maybe take down that wall, that kind of thing. But whining and complaining and moaning and groaning about it, even in protest, which is sort of kind of what they're doing. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because we, we should be able to speak our minds. But is that really the best use of our energy, of our infinite potential? Not the best use of mine. Because, <laughs> you know, I just, it feels like a waste. Of, I live right downtown Boise, and so we're only a few blocks from the Capitol. So, of course, every time there's a protest, it's right down at the Capitol. And I'm, there's some issues that I do feel strongly about, and mm -hmm. I think maybe I should go, but it doesn't, you know, talk about that inner feeling. It To me, it feels like at the end of the day, it's going to be contention and it's divisive. Yeah. I'm not going to help that way. If yeah. I feel strongly, let me donate some money. Yeah. Let me get involved in a committee. Let me get behind a candidate that might change things. Mm -hmm. Let me write, you know, I don't know what, do something different and, help, and, and ask myself, am I the change I wish to see in the world? Do I, do I have uh, bigotry, racism inside, hate inside me? Well, then that's not good. I need to go there first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sherry Sterling Fernan is my guest, and we are talking about uh, the work that she's doing through the book that she has called Life Mastery. And, of course, I've been referencing this quite often about the personal progression towards a uh, an infinite potential, infinite potential. I have often asked years ago, I would ask the question uh, of my guests, how powerful are we? And obviously uh, your answer would be infinitely powerful. Infinitely, yeah. You know, greater yeah, than any... powerful. Yeah, any gre greater power than any nuclear bomb, okay? <laughs> and much more constructive. <laughs> yeah, much more constructive. All right, you know, you need like to talk about this, you know, our power of our brain, how we, you, some people say 5% or 10% or maybe some people as much as 20%. What if you could access that other 80%? What could you create? What could you do? Um, we are infinitely potential. Our potential is infinite. Our power mm -hmm. is infinite. We're talking with her about her work. The website is in uh, infinite potential. I have to give a new website to you. No, it's actually lifemasteryinfo.com. We will be linked to the website here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are new paradigms for a new world. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true here on Tell Me Your Story, along with Sherry Sterling Fernand. And Life Mastery is her work. And... Uh, I'm going to ask you now about, uh, and I did ask you in the last program about this. I'm going to ask you one more uh, again, but for those who haven't listened to that interview yet, is that a pine cone or is that uh, on the front cover? Well, technically it's supposed to be a redwood cone, which are dark brown and very small, but it didn't look good on the book. So we put a gold one on there. Uh, and that's representative. You know, I, I, I told you I live downtown Boise and we have uh, 17, 18 story buildings downtown. Mm -hmm. The redwood cones, can, my husband tells me, he, he grew up in the redwoods and we're there frequently, but he said they can be as much as three times as big as the largest building in Idaho. That's how big these redwoods can be. But the cone is like little, it's like one inch high. And in that little cone is the potential to be the mo most magnificent, by far the largest, most magnificent tree the world's ever known inside that little, that little cone. We have lesser trees with bigger cones, but I like this analogy because we're like that. We're that like that little cone. We have so much potential inside of us. But you know what? About almost all of the pine, pine, the redwood cones, coniferous cones, just mold in the ground. They never become anything. And too often people are that way too. We don't ever recognize our potential. We'll never see our full potential in this life, of course, but we could see a lot more than many of us are seeing. You know, there are people who we can see, uh, whether regardless of the median medium, uh, that will look at them and go, boy, I wish I could do this, that, or the other thing, or boy, they are just, oh, they're, they're just, they're great, you know, but, you know, I, I wish my life was like that, you know, and we start to, I don't want to say envy, but we start comparing. We start comparing and and thinking that, oh, I'm not doing enough in my life, you know, where I'm wondering if maybe a new perspective just might be, and it's not really a new one, it's taking on an, an old perspective, and that is 
be inspired by that person to go out and mm. do more if you don't think you're doing more in your life. But at the same time, you, you talked earlier about loving oneself and, and, and acknowledging our importance in our own lives, let alone in the world. Um, I'm wondering if maybe that's a better place to start in recognizing, hey, I'm here. I've done this and that and the other thing. I've real, I have made. I want to make more of a contribution, but I need to acknowledge that I have made a contribution. Yeah. Yeah, I, you have to help know that you're already valuable or you won't feel valuable enough to put the work in. So that's really important. And you know what you said about you see people you think, I'll never be able to be like that. I'd like to ask them how they did it. You know, don't be envious. Ask them. They'll show, They'll tell you. I, I would say for myself, when Ken and I got married, nobody would have given us two cents for us. We <laughs> we've been these two hippies crazy. We had wasted our time. We were just, we had so little going. You can't even believe how little. And um, I was able to find all those eight areas I said earlier. I'm really successful in all those eight areas. And I was just not much to start with. And everyone's like that, you know, you just start and you'll be amazed. If you feel like that you're falling behind or you're not doing all you could, anybody, I mean, not you, but anybody who's listening, it starts with one step. You'll be amazed at what putting one foot in front of the other every day consistently will do in your life the changes that it will make yeah. and the proof that anybody's done it and i'm one of those somebody's is proof that anybody can do it i often talk about this uh, from a philosophical perspective uh in regards to the sacrifice that was made two thousand years ago that many people do uh, uh believe in and uh uh, I started wondering about this because when I was working for the Christian station in Phoenix, they would always talk about how we were lowly worms and we're sinners and we're this and we're so, you know, we're terrible people without the sacrifice, you know. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on a second, back it up. <clears throat> All right, let's let's uh, let's just deal with the father and the son. Obviously, um, you know, the son decided to do this. The father knew this was going to happen and said, hey, I'm going to make this available to you. My children... He create the, 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 you know, God created us, right? Right. Which means that if, if, a, if, if you have children, you're going to do anything and everything for them, no matter what they've done, no matter how good or bad they've been, you're going to try to do everything you can to help them, to support them, to encourage them and so forth. Uh, and so my thought was, wait a minute, um, why would the father offer up a sacrifice if his children didn't have value in the first place. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we were already priceless before the sacrifice. I don't know how you can go beyond priceless, but we did after. So when I think about that from that philosophy, from that philosophical point of view, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, I'm a priceless creation and I need yeah, so to be treating my life as such, not as some delicate piece of China or crystal. Okay. <laughs> but as something to, to be used and so to speak worn out, at least on the physical level. I mean, go do those things that you feel led to do your thoughts. Exactly. Oh, I would just totally agree with that. I mean, we were worth a sacrifice, right? It was an infinite, amazing sacrifice, and we were worth that. Um, and, you know, you talked about being children of a father and whatever your religious beliefs, mine are Christian uh, uh, also, but you, we believe we're the child of some kind of an infinite power in the universe. Well, the child possesses, what kind of a power would that be if their offspring were worthless? That would not be a godlike yeah, thing, right? Exactly. You're not going to produce worthless offspring or even offspring with low value. Of course, that's why we have infinite potential because the father who created us has infinite potential and yeah. we have the same traits and abilities and opportunities eventually with the time and whatever the eternities bring to be like him. Absolutely. Every child has the potential to be like their father. Absolutely. And I, I would uh, be uh, remiss in, in not acknowledging my father, 90, 90 years old this year, uh, and he has taught me a lot, and uh, his legacy 
I will do my utmost to uh, have that live on through me and the work that I do. I have no offspring to uh, pass it on to, so I'm passing it on to you folks who are listening and watching. Tell me your story, um, whether you're listening on the radio or on the podcast or on the video cast on YouTube. Um, it's now in your hands. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sherry Sterling Fernand is my guest. Life Mastery, lifemastery.info is the website, and it has to do with personal, personal progression towards an infinite potential which we all have access to. We may not be exercising it, but we have access to it, and Sherry is here to share that with us. And Sherry, I want to thank you so much for joining us this second time here on the program uh, to share these ideas. And uh, yeah, we will have you back again. We'll continue this dialogue because I think yeah, I that, that it needs to be reinforced and, uh, uh, and, and supported in that regard. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Richard, for having me. And I do appreciate it. And I'll come back anytime. It's a good conversation. Well, uh, before I let you go, uh, of course, I, I asked you the last time we were on the program. I have three final questions. Your answers might have changed since the last time we talked, which is just fine. And you may have addressed them a little bit during this program. Uh, if you have, fine. But I'd like to ask these questions directly. And the first of those is, who is Sherry Sterling Fernand? Who am I? I'm a child of an infant with infinite potential, child of God with infinite potential. Yeah. yeah, that's who I am. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I have a, one of my whys in the book is to create your own mission statement. And my mission is to use all the knowledge, wisdom, and personal power I possess to help others reach their infinite potential. And that's my mission. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Well, that would still be it, I guess, that mission statement, but also myself and also the, make sure that I do the very best to reach my own potential at the same time and then help others, which is part of the process. Uh, you, you, you figure it out, then you teach it to others, right? So that would be my life purpose as well. Well, again, Sherry, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.